You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Under the Gun After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Under the Gun After Show. Hey guys, <laughs> sorry about that little mishap. Hey guys, we are bringing you another episode of Under the Gun, Season 1, Episode 6, Pompeii Team Challenge. And I'm back, I'm your host, Virginia Raina Dunn, and we have a very special guest with us tonight. Go ahead, Natalia, introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm Natalia Fedner, I'm one of the... Uh contestants on Under the Gun. You guys should recognize her. And then we have the always fabulous Emma Kay. Hello. Yay. So thank you so much for joining us oh, tonight, Natalia. Welcome. It was so fun to you know have you in the studio with us. Um, so let's just get right into yes. it. It was a great challenge, kind of threw us for a loop at the end. But so this is the Pompeii challenge and they start out having you guys go to Getty Villa. Now, you know, um, when Michelle was in here, she said that, you know, you guys had that challenge, that vampire challenge mm-hmm. where, you know, you didn't get to sleep. They just throw right. it into you right away. So when they do this Getty thing, are they, you know, is it like the middle of the day or was it a pretty early morning? It do you remember really that? It was really early morning, actually, because we had to drive pretty far to get there. It's right by the ocean. It's right by Malibu. So we, I don't even remember what time we got up, but most mornings we do get up around five, sometimes four. So wow. there's not a lot of sleeping and under the gun. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, because that's because you know, then they show you stop at eleven that is that the same day then? You uh, sketch, you um, go to mood. I can't I can't remember anymore to be honest with you, but some days really were like that. You most of the time you would go get the challenge, then you would sketch, then you would go to mood, and then you would work until they said no you can't work anymore. And you have to go home and get at least a couple of hours of sleep. So yes, most days and likely that day was probably that. Yeah, well, because, you know, on the show, you're you're a little bit more calm than you've been in here. And here you're kind of, like, bouncing off the walls, go, 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 go. So you must have been just exhausted because, <laughs> you know, it was a little bit more of a toned-down version than we've had in here all night. Um, but I love I love all the energy that you have. Um, it's really, really refreshing in here. You it's know, pretty different. I was trying to convince the, the other designers at some point that I'm usually actually told to calm down. And the other designers are like, you're so calm. I'm like... <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's the, uh, the pressure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're at the Getty Villa, and mm-hmm. they show you this. Uh, well, they show you all the costumes, which are, you know, I've seen some of these movie costumes. They're incredible in person. We didn't really get to see them up close. Was there any one in particular from the Pompeii? Did you guys get to look at them up close and kind of see the construction of them? Well, the one the one thing they don't show you uh, is that you, you get very little time. We literally had half an hour to look at the costumes, look at the villa, and sketch. So that's not a lot of time to even just sketch, let alone look at all the beautiful things at such an amazing place wow. like that. So we spent most of our time actually looking at the villa itself because we were all so inspired by it. But as to answer your question, you know, we got to be pretty close to the costumes. And while we were uh, listening to Wendy, I, I did scope them out. And I love the armor look. For me, armor is extremely inspiring. I'm actually generally more inspired by masculine elements in fashion because it's 
you know, as a designer, you don't necessarily want to be inspired by other existing clothing. So if you're going to be inspired by other existing clothing, you want to be inspired by something that maybe isn't meant to be used femininely or something like that. How did you feel about the... Uh the challenge working in a team or as a team versus <laughs> just designing by yourself. So was that uh, surprising to you guys or did, did you see that coming? I wasn't sure how it would go because honestly, Oscar's such a great guy. He's so nice. He was so helpful to me and so many other designers because he's so fast. He, he literally, that's not a pun, but he is so <laughs> fast. And... Um, so he was very helpful to all of us. And so when he got really upset during this challenge and really kind of dejected, we were all very surprised. I didn't see it coming. I guess Stephanie did. Because Stephanie and I were getting along splendidly and we were, were just doing our little thing and we had a plan. Right. So it, it, it definitely did not go like I thought it would. Okay, so sorry. We skipped ahead a little bit for those of you guys uh-huh. that are listening. Um, so Wendy Partridge actually shows up. She's an mm-hmm. Emmy-winning costume designer and Tim Gunn you know, shows you guys a video of Pompeii. It's the trailer for Pompeii, which is, I guess, coming out this weekend. Um, and they show the costumes and, you know, so this was supposed to be your inspiration. The villa, the costumes, it was supposed to be a wearable look, not a costume look mm-hmm. and you're supposed to create a mini collection with your team so they announced this is going to be a team challenge and they always throw team challenges in you know for you guys that have watched project runway before we all know that a team challenge is coming and actually michelle tweeted me and she said you know if you're going to be a designer you're going to have to work in the real world mm-hmm. with a team like this isn't any surprise but you know i think it's really hard for you guys on this show because you're trying to show you as a designer not you with a team of designers. But I think you guys really did a good job pulling it off after, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> can I can I kind of address actually what Absolutely. Michelle said? Because I have a very specific point of view on this. I think that what makes a team work really well is people who have different skill sets, different um, things that they excel at, coming together to make something that's even better than something they could individually make. I think that's an excellent team. Um, on Project Runway or on Under the Gun, in this particular situation, we had no delegation of responsibility, so somebody kind of has to step up, and there's a lot of egos, and you don't even know each other that well yet, so there isn't a team in the way that you would have a team in the real world where people have delegated responsibilities. That's part of the challenge, is figuring out delegation. Right, and that's an excellent point that you bring up, and you guys also had, like, as we see, Nick kind of just jumping in (laughs) and saying, well, I think you guys have done this, I've been to Pompeii, I've been here, like, I know what you guys should do. And so, I mean, how hard was that on you guys? Like, you're sitting there, and they they showed a clip of you, like, come on, you're hijacking our meeting already. (laughs) You know, like, how hard is that for you to sit back and kind of bite your tongue? It's weird because while we are in the midst of it all, you know, there's a lot of things happening, like other designers who are being mentored by other mentors coming up and being like, oh, my God, how do you deal with him? And it's weird. (laughs) It's really weird because you're kind of like, well, I picked him, and I do like him, and I... You're making me question things. So there's a lot that happens, obviously, on any show. There's so much amazing content that they can't show it all in one episode, like I think Oscar wrote the other day on Facebook. And so um, it's it's hard some days when you're like, oh, no, oh, no, well, are we not going to get to do what we want to do because Nick is talking a lot? But, hey, I talk a lot. So <laughs> I get it. <laughs> to, to his defense, I think his uh, true and. In- uh, intentions come out because, you know, he does want to help everyone and he does want to uh, I would be scared of a mentor that didn't share as much as he does because then it's not about you guys, it's about 
the mentor being higher and above the designer. Oh, yeah, and I will say that you had a good, you know, absolutely 100%. I think, you know, these are shows, obviously, and people, this is a really good, real show, but people are, you know, there's editing, and so far, Nick has been edited to come across a certain way, and that's fine, but Nick is one of the nicest people I've ever met, one of the most giving people Mm -hmm. I've ever met. So, you know, don't take everything at face value. And also, he was also learning. He is a teacher, and he was learning how to step back. Right, and I think, you know, they did show us a really good clip of that, where Tim had to even set him aside, and, you know, he was like, what he did to Isabel last Mm -hmm. week, you know, a lot of the other designers, how you said, were saying, like, wow, I can't believe he threw her under the bus like that, but, you know, then Tim kind of addressed the issue, and was like, Hey, you know, like what's kind of going on? That was kind of hurtful what you did. And he, he, you know, he took a step back and you could tell it really affected him, you know, because he was like, man, I didn't mean to be mean. Like, you know, and I think it's just like in the heat of the moment, you know, you don't know what to do. And, you know, he is learning. So I definitely think, you know, that that is true. Like you can see him growing in this show. As designers, we didn't, you know, this is a new show. So as Mm -hmm. designers, we didn't know what the mentors were going through a lot of the time. We didn't get (laughs) to see behind the scenes of the Tim Talks with the design, I mean, some of the mentors. So we didn't know what the mentors were going through. We didn't know their own personal struggles. We only knew what we were experiencing, which was a lot all at once. So that being said, like watching it now and seeing the mentors grow is really kind of awesome. Right. And also to your point, you know, uh, (laughs) well, yeah, because I mean, they even show you at one point Mm -hmm. on there saying like, I don't know, is he going to throw me under the bus? Like, I feel like I'm at the bottom, you know? So like, I feel like it's definitely a, they did edit it to, you know, play that villain part up of Nick. But then, you know, they do show the good side. And, I mean, obviously, you know, you're here telling us how much you love him still. <laughs> but, so. you know, at the same time, throwing Isabel under the bus was, I think, if it were any of the other mentors, they would have done the exact same thing. Because if you need to have Tim Gunn go and pull you out of the sewing machine room, not once, twice, you know, while you're violating uh the rules of the show, the other designers have obviously stopped. It was just like a uh, ceiling point for, for just everyone on the show with her. So I think if it was any other mentor, they probably would have done that just because of how it played out with her. Right. Specifically. And it's the, you know, that's the real world. You're going to have other designers, producers, uh, you know, not to bring a project runway, but you had a designer throwing the model, the model under the bus and saying, she ripped my dress. Right, exactly. So, you know, it, it happens all the time. It's just you have to, you know, take the punches and grow or, you know, it's not the industry that you should be in. And I think, you know, as, we, as we'll talk about this later in the episode, but I think, you know, he needed to take care of his team and she mm-hmm. was the weakest link and you guys did need to get rid of her because... You know, I mean, how much of a struggle was it for him to have to deal with her all of the time when, and, you know, and he really couldn't focus on you guys? Did you feel like. Okay, just a, sorry, just a correction. She wasn't the weakest link. She was a liability for the team. I just know. a personal opinion because I, you know, the, the first week, she did an excellent job on the design. It was just her time management. She was a liability for the team that could have. Make, made the team lose, in my opinion. But if she would just, just have to correct time. you guys, because I know the Project <laughs> Runway people will want me to say this, you guys have to remember we aren't competing as teams. We're competing as individuals with mentors. Right, so, well, that's yes, what I'm saying. This is a team but challenge. Th- that's but. what I'm saying. He, w- She would have been a liability if, you know, she would have been 
you know, towards the the end as a designer for uh, for, for Nick, Nick right. she would have been a liability because I feel like she would have been disqualified, not because of her construction or her design, but just because she was breaking the rules. Right, and well, that that's kind of what I'm thinking is, you know, like he, like you could see in, um, you know, the episode where he was having that big struggle mm-hmm. with her about the whole hip thing, you know, like he was having a struggle with that for the whole episode. So I don't know if it was taking away from maybe, you know, positive energy he could have fed through you because his mind was already stressed out about her, you know? I, I don't know. I think that what's funny is, I didn't realize at the time how much of a struggle Isabel and Nick were having because I, we are, as designers, like little like horses with blinders on. We're just like, go, 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 so, 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 you know. There's so little time. Um, I can see both both their points of view. To defend Isabel, yeah. I can say, you know, she's definitely a kooky little girl. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> she's, she's not an everyday person. But at the same time, she's so passionate about life, and she has her points of view. And she doesn't live life by the rules, and it's part of why she's had this crazy, <laughs> amazing life. Did you guys know she was like a Skater? skateboarder? Or yes. something. Yeah. I mean, to give her credit for that, some it works for her in whatever way. And even once she was off the show, she was so positive about it. And to defend Nick, I really don't know how I would have handled somebody telling me to, in so many words, shut up when it's my role to help them. So right. I don't have a clear cut opinion on that. Well, he was pre- uh, c- calmer compared to the last episode, you know, this episode with you guys. I think he just felt a little bit having the pep talk from uh, Tim Gunn, but also not having her there he just felt more relieved and at ease to work with you guys so he wasn't that much into everyone's <laughs> business i think we were more predictable i think that's the thing with isabelli and, and by the way her name is isabelli i know she ever watches this she'll want me to correct that um but yeah she uh she's unpredictable and i think that's a little scary like you said it's a liability <laughs> okay so we so we see you guys there you guys are having a struggle mm-hmm. now did that they they i mean maybe it is the way that they're editing it editing it that your team is having the struggle because everybody else's oh, team no, is... Oh, no, we were having a struggle. <laughs> well, you know, the other two teams, Mondo and Anya's team, they're just getting along perfectly. They're like, okay, we're going to do this color design. We're going to do hard and soft. You know, so they already have all this picked out when they're in mood. And then you guys get to mood. And you and Stephanie seem like y'all are doing great. You know, you're going to pick out the fabrics together. And then Oscar is just on his own planet, you know, and you guys are like, oh, can you incorporate blue? And he's like, no, absolutely not. You know, like, what are you thinking when he's like not being a team player on a team challenge? We had a plan, actually. We were like, okay, we're going to pick out the print first because if we pick out the print, then we can pick all the other colors based on the print, right? Whether it's ivory or white or whatever. So Oscar really wanted to work with white and ivory. That's what he wanted to do. Great. We'll find a print that has that in it. And, um... You know, there's a lot of egos involved, of course, and so many people are not used to working in teams or in groups or in any ways, and I am actually one of those people, and so is Oscar. And when we were in mood, that plan disintegrated without Stephanie and I realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, oh, Oscar, and we're like, where's, where's Oscar? <laughs> right. One know? minute left. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that you told him $200. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Don't go over that and check back with us. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because I understand it. Oscar's such a talented designer that you can't deny that. And so when you have someone that talented 
And look, I, you know, I've interned for some amazing designers. I realize they have huge egos, and there's a lot going on in their heads. So you can't always rein them back. So you kind of have to do that. Okay, two hundred dollars <laughs> because we'll work with it. We'll work with it. We'll make it work. Right. Well, and you know, he. They even had like a. Are mo- y'all had a moment where he was like, "We're the weakest team." <laughs> like, how horrible is that to be like? Really, we're the weakest team. Like, were you kind of sad? Because I would be really sad. I'd be like, really? Considering what I went. <laughs> well, considering what I went through. Oops, sorry, hit the mic. Um, considering what I went through on the first episode, that was really hard to hear. I mean... And he's so good for him to be saying, like, we're the weak ones. But you're knowing, like, really, Oscar, you're amazing. You know, you've, you've sung <laughs> well, his praises. Yes. We've all sung his praises. You not know? really. Not everyone. No, that's not true. But, but Well, the three me, of us. Yes. <laughs> the three of us. Yes. We love Oscar. Yes. We love some Oscar. But not all the other designers. And some other designers were giving him a hard time for his um, style being too old looking, like for an older woman, so to speak. You know, they weren't relating to his customer. So Oscar wasn't being, say, treated super fluffy lovey all the time by other designers. No. Well, I mean, I called him out from the first episode mm-hmm. we were watching over here that, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect from him, but I definitely know and, you know, we'll still predict that he's going to make it to, to the top. Well, because he whipped up that jacket, like, instantly, yes. fully lined, like, perfect. You know, so I know like, his construction is impeccable. It um, is. It is. I saw it and, up close. <laughs> and, you know, I think people don't understand him because he does have a European vibe going. And if you're a designer in America and you haven't either, you know, interned or you haven't lived uh, abroad, it's it's really hard to imagine how that design can work over here because, you know, Europe is, what, four, three, four years ahead of us in, uh, in fashion or in anything well, else. So. Well, they just have different style. Like, you know, like... But like he was, he's, like... He's, but he's Cuban. Cuban. Yeah, but he... But he I mean, but, he but it's still stuff. influenced. Right. It, the European market is still... It's a big influence. It's more sophisticated. So, yes. There, there's just, like, that feel of, like, New York to L.A. Like, New Yorkers get dressed up and they have this, you know, like, they're always looking fabulous. Whereas in L.A., you know, we kind of... We're a little bit more chill... You know, we well, can just do like customer. a maxi type of thing and, you know, flip flops and be awesome. But, you know, his, so he, his, his customer's in Miami and his customer, um, his, just to help you guys out, the customer base in Miami, he has a lot of upscale older women with money mm-hmm. and they can afford a really beautiful dress and they're going to galas and he has a fashion line over there and that's his customer. And I think Under the Gun Project Runway is about that personally. I think it's about showing your point of view, whether it's for a 12 year old or a 50 year old. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right, and I mean, yeah, the just the women in Miami, they love to dress, like, mm-hmm. to the nines, like, fabulous, like, really pretty silky pants and flowy. So I can totally see that with him. That that totally makes sense. So thanks for kind of clearing that up. <laughs> but yeah. he always has that, like, that edge, you know, that it's... It looks expensive, always. But it's unique. It stands out. No matter where it is, his designs stand out. You know that... It's going to be eye-catching. Whether you like it or not, you know, we all agree that it's going to stand out. I agree entirely. Yeah. Okay. So, wait. I don't remember what detracted us to this, <laughs> like, Oscar, 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 Oscar Oh, yeah. Dude. Okay. So, that's what we were... I was asking you. How did it feel to, um, to think, like, God, I'm on the losing a, team? This sucks. A lot of designers did not see what I went through in the first episode because, again, we were split into two groups. And so a lot of them had no clue how emotionally traumatic that was for me. And it, and it really was. That isn't fake. That is genuinely 
an intense experience, and I was repairing myself for episodes on, including learning how to sew, because I had to relearn how to sew. It had been so long. So other designers are just competing. I'm relearning, I'm competing, and I'm dealing with the fact that I know that they gave me a second chance already. So I don't think I have another second chance coming if, if the opportunity should arise. So most of the other designers have no clue what I'm going through in that sense, and they've never seen my portfolio. So the designers who were in my group didn't have any reason to think I could do anything thing because they just didn't you know so long story short like when you're in a group challenge and one of the group members says we're the weakest link and you already feel pretty crappy it feels horrible so, so oh go ahead Emma. W- with that said what would you say was the most difficult aspect of this episode what was the most challenging part of this episode letting go of my own ego was probably the most challenging part of this episode for me because um it took me so long. This is now, what, episode six? And it's taken me this long to finally feel like, okay, let's do Natalia Fedner. Let's do my own design, my own aesthetic. Let's leave, you know, the Nick influence alone. And um, I want to knit. I want to do what I do. I want to do what my collection's about here in the real world. And it's team challenge. Of course, that final turning point in my design aesthetic or confidence comes at the turning point where it's a team challenge and it's not about you and it's not about your ego and it's not about your own personal aesthetic right because we see you and oscar struggling because you're wanting to do knit and he's like that's not going to work like you don't have enough time and i'm thinking god you're running to knit like you know even that panel would have taken like really a long time but it looked beautiful was that when you just decided to scrap that and go with something else well what's interesting about the show is um you know, for Oscar, he's an incredibly fast sewer. I'm actually an incredibly fast knitter. Right. So, well, I saw like you had a whole <laughs> yeah. panel. So really I, quick. I could have done that dress. That the feasibility of it would have been actually simpler for someone like me who's an experienced knitter than say sewing a dress. It wasn't so much that was the concern. It was eventually stepping back and looking at the collection and realize, well, I'm not going to knit something. I'm not going to have time to knit something for each of their garments, and I'm not going to have time to convince them of that Oscar's not going to go for it. So I can sew. I can knit they cannot knit, this has to go and this has to make sense because something that Oscar said really resonated with me. He said, you know what? He's like, I'm going to make sure we're not the losing team. On, on my watch, no one's going home. And I'm not even really sure if they air him saying that, but there was a point where he said that and I had a lot, as much as, much as he was a drama queen at one point, I really had a lot of respect for him for saying that. No matter what his motivation was, whether it's just to make sure he stayed around, like I was like, you know what? He's right. The way that we're going to, we're going to the challenge thinking, okay, well, one of us is going home, rather than thinking none of us are going home. Right. Well, and because, you know, like, y'all had that struggle with Nick even. You know, Nick and Tim come into the workroom, and, you know, y'all are like, what what should we do? And then Tim was like, well... Tell, ask them what they should do. And then you guys were like, we don't even know what we should do. <laughs> you know, and then he just kind of walked away. And I think that was great because, like, he finally realized he needed to let you guys make your own decisions because, like, y'all aren't his designers. You're your own designers. The hardest part of that, to be honest, the part that made, I think Stephanie mentioned something on the show about feeling like he's just let us let us alone and not in a neg- not in a positive light necessarily like you know he's kind of left us to fend for ourselves is that because when we were at the villa he spent so much time kind of telling us what we were doing we didn't actually have time to come together as a team right you know had he been there had this been say a real fashion company and nick was the director of the company we would be working under him and it would have been perfect but because all of a sudden he had sort of set up what we're supposed to do and we never had any time to really discuss it amongst ourselves and then he left the equation. I think that made it very stressful for all of us, for Oscar, for, you know, Stephanie, for me, and also for Nick himself. 
Right. But then we see, okay, so then after that, is that when Oscar decided to stand up and say, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to win? <laughs> or was it before Nick, you know, decided um, to no, walk away? No, it was after all of that. And actually, I think that it was a realization on Oscar's part, because Stephanie and I were there already on some level. We knew that we had to work as a team. And Oscar, you know, he also kind of like stepped aside a little bit. And Stephanie and I were like, you know what? If it's got to be a little bit more of Oscar's aesthetic than our own, that's fine. Because a collection is a cohesive item and when you and we've all worked for different designers well I know Stephanie and I have all worked have worked for different designers and you take some of yourself and you mix it in with the brand there's right. always a brand mm-hmm. right and at that moment Oscar's brand was the easiest to identify the most discernible and his garment was the most complete so <laughs> right because it was pretty much done <laughs> exactly so if looking at it as an insider and outsider it made the most logical sense to go ahead and go with mostly his aesthetic with elements of ours mixed into it that was going to be at our saving grace. I mean, that that's a really good point, and I think it was a really good choice for you guys because it could have hurt you, I think, if you didn't do and if you didn't follow his lead just because looking at the other groups and how they went about it, um, I, they were working fine as a group, but it still seemed like everyone was trying to push their own egos and their own designs forward, so everyone was trying to be the lead. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's still, even though you're a winning team, only one one costume, one design will win. Right. Well, so, and plus, I mean, when you're creating a collection, you know, you have to look at it as there doesn't need to be two gowns in a collection. Like, yes, you guys true. did a great job. You did a jumper, a dress, and then a um, the pantsuit. And, you know, that's exactly what you want to see when you see a collection. You don't want to see two gowns in a mini collection. So it was like it was like you guys planned it perfectly. And and with that, like, you're right. The aesthetic was like, it looked like one designer's aesthetic um, with you guys in it. But the other ones, you know, you could see... Yeah, they use the same fabric or, you know, the same leather or whatever they used, but it looked like three different designers completely, I felt like. I just think, you know, as being a a designer, if I'm on the show and I know that my outfit is, I would be okay just playing the part, playing with the group, but knowing that maybe, you know, someone else is going to, I'd rather have my group be safe. And not me, like, not necessarily uh, me be the winner, but make sure that we're all safe, which is what Oscar obviously did from what you're explaining. But the other designers were trying too hard to be the winner. That is what hurt them, I think. Well, I can tell you this much from having been there. Um, I love Oscar to death. I think he's an incredible designer. Um, And he did alter his outfit a bit because his outfit was really gearing much older when we first started out in the process. Um, He did alter it to you know, be a bit more younger and meet up with Stephanie and my customer a little bit closer somewhere in the middle. But uh, it was definitely more of an um, Stephanie and I meeting Oscar's aesthetic than anything else. And and I think that is kind of clear. Right. So, um, like, when we see his pantsuit, mm-hmm. it was like the front was like a front. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying really hard to use. But I'm like the front two panels. Mm-hmm. And then there was, was it backless, but like a cape flap? Yeah. Well, okay, was, that's what like I was trying to think. It comes over and almost turns into the cape from what I remember. Right. Okay. So there was no back at all to it. That's what I was trying oh, to figure well, out I know when I was looking at it. one point there was a lot it. more bulk. I think there were sleeves and everything, and it just oh, read older. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, you know, <laughs> he did, he did, and, and I think Nick actually did have some comments on that. And so he modified his outfit too, but because it was the most complete, um, you know, we, we decided that the best choice for the team was to have that leader and to have that point of view. And Oscar 
he wasn't like I'm the leader, but it was so clear that that had to be done. So I, I mean, Stephanie and I had a conversation. We're like, Oscar's the leader. Let's just do that, and we're gonna make it work. That's great, though. I mean, that sh- that made a successful team. Now, did she put on the cape after he did a cape? Yes. Okay. Yes. That was smart. It, it looked, <laughs> but it was, like, nice and flowy, so it matched your dress. And I loved it, the way that you did your dress with both of their materials. You know, it really tied all the collection in. But, so where did you come up with that? Well, that was kind of my goal from the beginning, was the idea that we incorporate um, the materials. It's a trick. It's a trick of the trade. If you look at designers' collections that... Sometimes you're like, whoa, those two garments are so different, but they're made from the same fabric. They still read as somewhat cohesive. And so going into this challenge, not really knowing how we were going to work as a team, not even having a real solid idea of what we were designing at the time, I knew as someone who had designed for Calvin Klein, who had designed for Donna Karen, that you just have to pick the fabric and all work with it. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I was at least able to put that bit of input into the process. Right, because Oscar was not putting any blue in that <laughs> no. of his. <laughs> he was like, No. I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> well, you that. know, you you have to respect him. He has a vision, and he knows what he's going for. So it, for you guys to compromise and work with him and what he wanted is truly uh, exceptional. Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I loved it. Well, it. Also, actually, you know, Stephanie and I got really close during the process of competing on the show, and I think that was the crux for that. So I'm really thankful for that opportunity because thanks to that really challenging, stressful time, I got to know Stephanie better, I got to know Oscar better, and I got to grow and love both of them better as people. Okay, so we are actually going to talk about the other two teams because sure. I could go on about with you guys and y'all thing. Forever. We were tonight's to, you know, a little yeah. hors d'oeuvre or whatever. Yeah, so then we have Mondo, and his team decided they wanted to do a hard and a soft mm-hmm. look, um, which sometimes I like, but I feel like I was not loving this look tonight. I don't know if it was, I don't know. I mean, I liked a little bit of it, but... Maybe it was, was it satin material? Was it silk? I couldn't tell. But the I liked the print a little bit. I think maybe in person it would have looked better. But from what you were saying, you weren't a big fan of the print either. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the print because I'm a textile designer too. And I, I know how to dye fabric and all of those things. But I wasn't about to risk doing that when I'm already struggling to sew quickly, you know. Um, so I didn't love it, but I loved the concept behind it. And I do think it's admirable that they pulled it off. I mean, let's be real. They dye their own fabric that's no matter what you think of the fabric that alone is an achievement right um i I like some some of the designs from uh, mondo's designers but it was um I, i don't know i'm just i feel like mondo and um anya are taking a step back and i i don't see any involvement uh from them is it like, do we not see it on TV, or is that how it is? <sighs> well, there's so much happening all the time, so obviously you're not seeing everything. Um, I think that sometimes, some challenges Anya was more involved, other challenges Mondo was more involved, and again, we don't know what Tim and them are talking about, so maybe sometimes Tim is like, okay, just let them do their thing, and other times Tim's like, go for it. So Right, and I feel like, well, Tim did say he appreciated the way Mondo was mentoring them, and you know, I did like Michelle's dress. Um, it had that really pretty weaving on it. I know? liked it, too. And it that, looked very sophisticated that was and my, Grecian. Exactly. I that really was my that favorite one, one from, that, too. from that whole collection. I didn't like any of the other ones. I liked the thing that was going on on the top of Asha's dress, this part right here. I liked the weaving that happened there, but I felt like it wasn't flattering overall on the model. That, I think she took it too literal. Right. The, I feel like the if whole you would have put Pompeian gladiator <laughs> right. type of look. So I feel like we could have put gladiator, you know, sandals on her and a sword, and she would be like ready for battle. But, you know, Michelle didn't. 
I think she did an excellent job because it was very feminine, but you still had that, you know, goddess, um, Greek look going remi- on, you know but it, it was still fierce. You know what it reminded me of? You know, 300? Yes. Uh, well, it really The remi- wife? Yeah, the queen. Or <laughs> I, was, I was thinking yeah, of that Yeah, that's too. what that made me think of. Actually, the whole collection really kind of made me think of 300, because I, I thought at first that it wasn't supposed to be marble. I thought it was like blood, like battle blood or exactly. something. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <that's funny. laughs> well, Sam's, I was just kind of underwhelmed with Sam's crop, silk, flowy thing. I don't know. It just, it wasn't my favorite of his looks, and usually I kind of like his looks, so... Maybe it was just me being a little sad. Well, that's what I'm saying. The the two of them took the the whole Pompeii look very literal. Right. And <laughs> sometimes the designers make that mistake of instead of coming up with a creative idea of how they can incorporate um, certain materials, aesthetics, and the, the theme, they just stick to what they've seen, you know, maybe on TV or maybe, uh, you know, what – what the uh, what the trend is versus well, coming up with costumes, their own designs, well, you know. So I think that's like sometimes as a designer, when you see something, it's kind of hard to get it out of your head. You know, like you get like an instant idea, and then that kind of just goes. Well, that, that's you know? true. There, there is there is that, and I was gonna say, uh, you know, again because they edit around things, but there was a moment where I literally, you know, Azana says to me about my outfit that it's costumey, and I'm like shocked because in my world I do costumes, and I'm like this is. About as uncostumey. Yes. From that a, night? Yeah. <laughs> there was one where she goes, well, it's a little bit costumey. And I, I go, really? After the Pompeii bloodbath that we saw a moment ago, which I love, so don't get me wrong, but I thought that was quite costumey. And this is something you don't see, but there was a moment where I go, well, Xana, just so I can grow as a designer, can you please let me know why you said that? You know? And so I did question that, you know, directly on, on at and that what moment. what was her answer? Um, I think she just, she felt the, the shape of it. And I, I was just surprised again because I think that that's something you can take and if you make it in a different fabric and there's still maybe elements that are inspired by that era and that gladiator, but, it, you know... Because I can see where, like, you know, the shoulders, because you were using the fabric mm-hmm. that Oscar was using, that it could feel, like, a little well, stiff. And it, and it was supposed to look a bit like a gladiator. Right. That was, it, meant, it was meant to be inspired mm-hmm. by right. that world. So, I mean, I can kind of see that if you're really trying to force that <laughs> on me. But I feel like, yeah, the other team, Mondo's team, was, like... I mean, you could put it in a movie, like a modern gladiator well, movie. Tim didn't agree with her. Tim had my back. He was nice. like, no, it's not costume me. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. And so then let's move on to Anya. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not a fan of this at all. Like, I mean, I thought they were pretty, some of them, but like, we don't see them up close, you know, and everybody was saying like, oh, it's really poorly constructed. Um, and, you know, I'm, I was, I've always been a fan of Nicholas. I really like his minimalist, but I thought that his outfit was like too literal of those triangles he saw or whatever it was. There was no symmetry and those triangles were, you know, as I'm not really sure which one of the judges said, but um, Jen Jen said, you know, she could have given it to her her nephew and, you know, it looked like her nephew (laughs) cut up the the, the triangles and it, it did look it didn't look clean. Yeah. It, it actually looks better on TV than it did in person. Really? I think so. I was there. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Look, I, I don't know what he was going for. He had the whole modern look. I did not, for one second, associate his design with the Pompeii movie you know, at all. You know what's funny? When they show uh, showed on the show the mosaic, uh-huh. that's when I finally got it. Because there was a moment in the show where they show the mosaic from the villa. And I think that's what must have inspired it. Because before, I had the same reaction as I you. I was see. like, 
where is this coming from? Right. But yeah, but for me, the problem with that team was the lack of cohesiveness, the collection, the shapes, the silhouettes were not in any way related to each other. Plus, plus choosing black and white. You know, black and white can be very flattering, but at the same time, if you don't use it correctly, it could destroy your design. And using black and white for a Pompeii look, it's like, really? Yeah, I just didn't understand it. So either all of them needed to go with black to make a statement... I think you know, I, like I, I Blake's with, with Blake's uh, dress. I love that. Okay, that I was, did love Blake's. That dress. was I want amazing. Blake's dress. I'm ready to wear it now. You know, if they <laughs> went with that look, I could have. Uh, you know, I I think it would have been fine. But the black and white and the all white was no. Yeah, I just didn't understand the two of them. Um, like the all black dress, the all white dress, and then this other black and white dress that just didn't really fit, fit in. Like. They the um, the black one felt like a Greco Roman, like mm-hmm. really pretty. Fl- I mean, it flowed beautifully on the runway, and then the other white dress, like they said, it looked like kind of like a mummy. How did it look in person? You know what it was? It looked like something that if he had like three more hours to really complete it, it could have looked awesome. But it didn't look like his aesthetic from what I had seen up to that point. Again, mind you, we're seeing limited aesthetic from designers based on very strict constraints and not what they do outside of this very constrained environment. So we don't know as designers what everybody else is capable of uh, or what they usually design, actually, for that matter. But to answer your question, um, the mummy look, the mummy look, it, it didn't actually look that bad. It just looked so out of the blue and it didn't go with the rest. And I was thinking to myself, if Shan's going to go outside of his normal zone, why wouldn't he at least go into the zone that one of the zones that the other two designers are are hitting. And you know how we talked about fabric earlier, how I said one trick of the trade is pick the same colors, pick the same fabrics, mix them together, and that's a cheap, fast way of making something look cohesive. Well, I think this was an example of that not working because that's what they tried to do. They had black, they had white, they had black and white. But the problem is that's the only thing those three dresses shared. Right. But that's what I'm saying with black and white. It's very difficult, you know, uh, if you do it correctly... It's perfect, you know, because as a female, I don't know about males, when you go out, you're always looking for that black dress. I don't oh, know yeah, why, but we're totally. always looking for a black skinny. dress. <laughs> Makes look skinny. Sorry, just because I, don't. I don't wear black. I'm sorry, you like pink, but let's do. <laughs> I love, well, it's just because black doesn't look good on camera. No, but ever. I'm just saying. Like, it doesn't show. Well, blondes look okay because your hair pops. Well, it but makes like, you look skinny. Us dark haired people, like, your black just runs into your hair. But it's it's very flattering, I think. Black is, you know, a color that. No, it will never go out of style. But, but it's like if you mix black and white together, you better do it correctly, or else, like I say, a black and white, you know, wedding is very elegant. But if you don't do it correctly, it's going to be tacky. Right. There is that fine line of, you know, elegant and tacky. So I totally agree. And the, the other thing about it, though, is like you had these two elegant dresses that definitely felt like Anya you know, had some handiwork, and then you had Nicholas, who was just so modern. You know, it just didn't make sense. And I think that's where they failed. I think Shan should have gone with more, uh, you know, if, if he was to stick with a dress, he would he should have done more of a toga type of look, you know, uh, not copying Blake, but making it a little bit more flowy, a little bit more maybe over-the-shoulder type of goddess with a belt, something. But his dress did... I don't know. But then Nicholas's would have been like a sore thumb because it would have stuck out. Like, it, there was nothing cohesive well, about those two people. Black. Oh, Nicholas, well, no, I'm sorry. Nicholas did Blake. The, black and, the black and white, yes. you know, tunic thing that, you know, just didn't translate well. And, I, I mean, I think that was just their problem. Like, they did not have 
like one girl like your collection is supposed to be like who is your girl you know like what is she doing she should be the same person I felt like with theirs it was like you know two completely different or maybe even three completely there, different girls wearing this that, was, this that was that a very interesting time for team challenge because a lot of us as designers at this moment are questioning things like it's a very easy environment to question things including well have I shown the judges the best of me what else do I need to show them am I being a one note and Shannon was very worried about that she he was worried about being like oh he just does jackets and I think he overcompensated and that's what happened with Shan he just ended up going too far in the other direction instead of figuring out a way to incorporate his existing aesthetic into maybe a different type of garment yeah well, True. okay, so, oh, well, anyways, other than Project Runway, I did want to tell you guys, um, you know, we love getting your comments on YouTube and iTunes. Um, we love that you guys download us every week. We truly appreciate it. Uh, Lisa Simpson Rules is one of our favorite persons on YouTube. She always comments, like, literally word for word, like, what we say. So, Lisa, thank you. Keep the comments coming. Um, and that's about it for that. Oh, and rate us five stars on iTunes, guys, because we love it. We love to hear what you guys want. Um, and Lisa, follow me on Twitter, Natalia Fedner, since you're at it. Yeah, you can go ahead and follow Natalia. Um, okay, so let's get into the winners and the losers, just so that we can get into the real Q&A mm-hmm. with Natalia. But how predictable oh, that was, was that? that was the Q&A? Oops. No, no, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. <laughs> I would have been quiet. No, no, how, no, go ahead. I, how predictable was the whole show, this episode? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it just... I... I you know, from the beginning we were watching, I was like, okay, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. It was very obvious. I think working as a team, I was it really there pushed wasn't more every- meltdowns. Oh, there was meltdown. But it didn't seem no, that bad. Camera. Like, they've been like, camera. okay, maybe that's what it was. But, you know, it's funny because they do those polls at the beginning of the show. And everybody was polling whose team is going to fail. And everybody was picking Team Nick. And, you know, even I was kind of like, oh, no, Natalia's here. This is going to be kind of awkward if they, you know, do bad. But then you guys pulled it out and y'all did really well. And I don't think anybody expected that. Just because y'all well, had... You didn't want me to be here as no, a loser? No. Oh, I could have been the best the loser you've ever had in the show. We, we've had, we've, I, I've had that. But you have to understand the viewers that are voting. I think they're more voting for, because they don't really know the designers yet, they're voting for the mentors. Right. And Mondo right now is very well known, you know. He has um, a good track record. Yes. And so has Anya. Nick is more of the older veteran generation, but he's amazing. He's great. You know, if I had an opportunity, I've said I'm team Nick from day one, I would have chosen Nick. But you have a lot of the viewers uh, relating more to Anya and relating to Mondo, so the polls are going to go in their favor, but I which think, is why I'm grateful that fans are not voting to take to send designers home. <laughs> but I think that's just the way they're portraying it because mm-hmm. Mondo's had somebody go home, Anya's had someone go home, and Nick. They've all had someone go home, but the way that they're making it look, it's like Nick's the bad guy, you know? So I don't know. I think that they're editing it very well. Well, is someone needs to keep reality TV still going. So. <laughs> right, Project right. Runway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say part of it. Don't you think it's part of it was the preview? Like you see the Zendaya episode, and at the end of the episode, you get this preview of my team looking a mess. I mean, why wouldn't you think we were going to fail? Well, you guys were a mess, and Timmy even said it. Y'all were a bad. Did he say diaper? Stinky bag of diapers. Is that <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I was think pretty I brutal. Was like, that I was like made the weirdest face on the runway. He's like, did he? 
Did Tim Gunn just say diapers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I'm sorry. I forgot to introduce our judges. So we had Xana Roberts-Rossi, who we always have, Rachel Roy, um, and Jen Raid. And then we had the special guest, um, Wendy Partridge, come back and judge you guys. And then, you know, so Tim, he's there, but he's not really judging, right? He's just kind of... He's not judging, but I think he's part of the discussion. Okay. With the judges. I mean, again, we didn't see this either. I, I'm seeing what happens with the judges for the first time, just like you guys are. Okay. But I think he still has a authority, like, um, uh, <laughs> you know, to keep uh, to keep everyone, to make decisions or to override right, right. the judges. Tim has also the ability to let the judges know about some things they may not have seen, you know, because definitely the judges will ask us questions. Right. Sometimes like, Tim will bring things up during that process so that, that it kind of forces us designers who are there under the gun to reveal stuff that they may not have been around for. <laughs> right. Like, like so you guys you, work well as a team. Hint, hint. Right. Yeah, or like, like, you don't see that pin <laughs> in the back of the dress. But. <laughs> right. Or, like, Isabella's the last one sewing again. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, anyway, so let's get into it because we, we do need to wrap this up. So... Okay, so they go back and they kind of have this discussion. Everybody loves Nick, Team Nick, did awesome. Um, and so they're going to be the in the top. Then we have Mondo's team safe and then Anya's team in the bottom. Did you initially know who was going home? Oh, gosh. Um, you mean once we knew that we had won or before that? Um, once you guys knew y'all had won because they called you guys all out there and they're like, okay, yay. Because when they called our names at first, we thought... We were going to go home. Like it really? was, that's why we had such a big reaction. We really didn't. You know, there's so little time. We're doing it all so quickly. We made these changes so last minute. So we haven't even had a moment to really look at the collection. And go, wow, it's cohesive. We just did this. So I think that's why you got this huge cheer out of us because we literally thought we were going home. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good to know because I wouldn't have guessed because y'all's look like to to me. I right, think y'all's was right. the best. Um, okay, so then, so do they tell you right away that Oscar is the winner? No, and actually what's interesting is they ask us what we think, each of oh. us individually, oh. who we think should win. So the, so how, how did the voting go? Um, I voted for Oscar because I felt like his aesthetic was the most apparent. Um, I think Stephanie also voted for Oscar, and Oscar voted for Stephanie. So I believe that, wow. was, the, that was the countdown. So Okay, so Oscar is the winner. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Yay, Team Nick. And then, um, so, and then they automatically let, was it Blake that they let go? Yeah, they let Blake yes. go and they said, Blake, you're safe. Well, clearly, come on, with that dress. <laughs> Sorry. If they tried to send him home, I would have been so mad. <laughs> right. Okay, so then they have Shannon Nicholas and, you know, those are the two that they're struggling with. And surprise, surprise, they let them both stay. And, you know, I thought it was a great decision because I didn't think either of their dresses were awful. And I didn't think that, you know, either of them deserved to go home over that challenge. It's team challenges are the worst to go home on because, you know, it's a team challenge. You, you, you know, you do your own aesthetic, you go home, you mix your aesthetic up with someone else's, you could go home. Right. No, none of that feels good. So, so, yeah, I thought it was really nice of them to keep the two of them. I, I did, too. I actually was really thrilled because, come on, I was like, ugh, every time somebody went home, it was depressing for all of us. But not and not every designer felt that way. Some designers were not happy that they weren't one designer closer to the win. Well, right. now I'm thinking, I'm saying, you know, I'm wondering if they're going to have double elimination coming up because they We were kept- thinking the same thing. We're on that show thinking the same thing. Oh, no. And I think that's part of the reason some of the designers were so upset. Because they're like, oh, God, that means there's a double elimination coming up. <laughs> right. Well, because you never know. They, I mean, right. obviously, they, you know, change up the rules when they want. So, okay. Okay, so other than Under the Gun, Natalia, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with you? Hey, um, Stephen, do you mind um, putting up some of those pictures, starting with one? It's not Stephen anymore, but I can oh. do that for oh, you. Oh, thank for you. Sure. Sorry. No, that's, uh, I just saw a hand go up. <laughs> 
good. I'll do well, it. I can talk Boom. about it while she's okay. playing. Yeah, it up. go ahead. Um, well, actually, what's interesting about what you've seen for me so far on Under the Gun is it's very different from what I usually do. I'm an haute couture designer, and what defines haute couture is time and handcraftsmanship, which you don't have a lot of on Under the Gun. Therefore, it's near impossible to do. Um, so, and it's uh, single pieces, right? It's not a whole wholesale collection. Right. Of it. Well, yeah, and this and that's the other thing is my haute couture. Oh, thank you for playing it up. That's my website. Um, is handmade and one of a kind. Each piece is one of a kind. That's it. That's all that exists of it. It's it geared towards celebrities um, and people who want to stick out on the red carpet and look amazing in something that they know nobody else has. Right, because that is like the pinnacle of all fashion in Paris. Like you yeah, have to, and, yeah. and you did study there. I did. I studied haute couture and. Um, I think as a designer, I like to think of myself as an artist, and that's part of the reason I struggled so hard originally on the show, because I couldn't figure out a way how to show my aesthetic in that setting. And that's what happened with the first dress, if you want to know. I was like, how? Ah, six hours. I remember you on the table. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what do I do? Because usually I have a whole experimentation process that I go through before I decide on anything. Um, Do you have any other of the images? Uh, Like, that's a wedding dress that's entirely knit. That is beautiful. And I've done lots of wedding dresses in the past, but never a knit one. So this is a crazy experience. And Giuliano Becor is the photographer. He's incredible. He's done covers of Vogue and all sorts of amazing, uh, all sorts of amazing magazines. So it was really great to work with Giuliano. Um, and that's what I have going on right now. You know, so hoping- I'm sorry to cut mm-hmm. you off, but I'm really glad you already got married, so I know who to go to for my <laughs> wedding dress. Thank you. You can cut me off any for that. Um, yeah, and I also actually figured out how to knit silver. So that's real silver chain that's been knit. Wow. Um, you know, as a designer, I like to think of myself as an artist who's a designer uh, and not vice versa. So that's an exciting challenge for me is how can I design something that nobody else has ever designed but still make it very wearable and make the woman look even more beautiful? And as a designer, I really do believe that it has to be the woman wearing the dress and not the dress wearing well, the woman. Absolutely. Definitely. Okay, so what is this one we have here? That That is um, knit chiffon that was hand-cut. Um, and knit in an irregular pattern. There are close-ups. I think you saw part of it. The upper part, the entire upper part is actually silver chain that is also knit into the collar. There's a clasp in the back. I don't have a shot of the back for you guys, but it's uh, dripping silver, uh, cascading silver chains. It's an open back with one little panel in the middle. So how long does something like this take you? Weeks. Weeks. Weeks of 12 to 14-hour days. Will we be seeing some of that design on the show coming up? I'm not allowed to talk about any future oh, episodes. Damn it. Well, we do, we do have, <laughs> speaking of the next challenge, though, it is the avant-garde steampunk design. And you yes, said you were really true. excited about that Yes, because I came into the show going, I'm the avant-garde designer. And thus far, I'm like, I have shown nothing avant-garde. <laughs> so, of course, I was excited because, it, I mean, A, I'm a total tech geek, which is something you guys don't know about me. I do tech fashion, too. I love incorporating technology. I'm a website designer. I'm a graphic designer. I have, nice. That's how you pay the bills when you're a struggling fashion designer. <laughs> you learn how to, you learn another trade. Um, and so when it was steampunk, it's something that really resonates with me. It's Victorian. It's old, but it's also uh, techy. It's the perfect combination aesthetically for me. And my roommate is a huge Firefly geek, so he loves that. And if you know steampunk, Firefly, Doctor Who, all that stuff, it's all part of that world. So when I heard steampunk, I was like, finally! <laughs> okay, let's get back to your design because uh-huh. we don't want to talk too much about next week. Yeah, that's we know you're under I didn't contract. give anything away. No, there you go, you Project didn't. Runway. I didn't if you're listening. Oh, I love this. What is this? <laughs> this is actually a silk tool from France that um, is one of the most expensive fabrics because it's extremely fine and very delicate that I hand dyed black and then I went in and I did, can't show the front because there's nudity. 
But the front is a bunch of beautiful pleating that each pleat is hand sewn down so that uh, it's actually one sheet of fabric that is pleated into shaping the body. Wow. Nice. Yeah, and that also took, that actually took longer than the knit. I did not, I did not expect that. My fingers hurt. <laughs> and thank God for interns. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. Thank you. This is a, a black, um, I call this my vegan dress because it has no silk in it, but it's uh, a beautiful nylon mesh that was also hand cut and knit, and then uh, there was silver that was actually knit right into it at the sleeves. You can see that's dripping silver. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to go for something really beautiful. It is very expensive to make and it also to purchase, which is fine by me. <laughs> uh, um, but I, I like to do knits that have never been done before. It just seems really decadent. Like that's when I look at it, I'm just like, oh, that girl just looks so fabulous. And well, yeah. I love film noir, which is and I, and I like to think about you know as designers, I think it's important to know the story. And for me, I had such a story for this woman, you know, for this collection. You know, she she's in charge. She's the kind of, okay, in a film noir novel, there's always that girl that walks into the detective office and she's like, oh my God, someone murdered my husband, help me. And then it turns out she's the one that actually murdered her husband. Oh, so this is the girl? Yeah, she's not, you know, I don't know if I'd want to be friends with her per se, but I'll trust her. Nice. I mean, I'd love to, you know, get my stuff on some celebrities and it's great because it's Oscars are coming up and I have some amazing styles I'm working with and so hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll see something amazing soon. So when you design stuff like this, Mm -hmm. Who can wear it? Like you know, you're yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, celebrities, pretty much, because it, a lot of it is very delicate, very expensive. Um, if you're not a celebrity and you're a regular person and you want to wear something like this, you totally can. It's a matter of layering. A lot of it is sheer, and as stylist designers, we all know that you just have to layer things appropriately. I've worn some of my designs, and God knows, I'm not going to walk around with my chest, you know, for everyone to see. And I'll wear like you know a layer underneath to make sure that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a, a necklace that was knit also. So you knit the jewelry as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I do all sorts of things other than knitting, but this collection was knitting and it happened. And I literally was finishing making it as I got the call to go audition for Project Runway because wow. they reached out to me. And I was like, okay, I've just been knitting for the last like seven months. And that was very fresh in my head. So is this what you showed them to get on the show? This is part of what I showed them. I also knew that they were going to instantly question my sewing abilities because I was too. And so <laughs> I, uh, I actually spent several days sewing a jacket. I was like, I'm going to sew this jacket. I'm going to make it happen. Um, and I had some patterns that I had made and modified. And that really impressed them in a pair of pants. Because I can sew. It's just that it took me five days to sew that jacket, which I might not have told them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Disclosure. Disclosure. I, I mean, I, you know, I didn't quite realize it really was going to be like six hours on your first challenge. I was like, oh, I can make a bracelet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is just fabulous. So what else do you have going on? So people can go onto your website. Yeah, they can check out my website and definitely look at the current collection. I'm really excited for what this year has to bring me. I mean, first of all, let's be real. It's so awesome to get to be on a show like Under the Gun. There's so many applicants, and I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And I'm really, really excited to make what I love. And it's what we were talking about before we started doing this. Do what you're passionate about. Life is short, and as long as you love it, you'll be fine. So aside from uh, dressing celebrities mm-hmm. and uh, working with stylists to get on the red carpet, what other projects are you working on or what is your ultimate goal? Is it to stay <laughs> as a designer or are you looking to venture out and uh, do collaborative work or what? what is your ultimate well, goal? Well, I, I feel like I'm kind of living my dream right now, to be honest with you. I want to be a designer and I want to be a designer that has a brand and I think part of branding incorporates media, like being on a show, like being a host 
else, like all of that. It's very smart. Many of the fashion brands we have are built on celebrities and their brands. Um, I also love dressing people who take risks in fashion. I would love to dress someone like Miley Cyrus. I, you know, the, things like that to me. I know you don't necessarily get that right away from my aesthetic, but I love how bold she is. And uh, Rihanna. Rihanna was actually one of the people I was thinking of when I was designing this collection because I'm like, that's the perfect woman for me that I want to dress as yeah. someone who's that bold. I can see that now. Now that you're like, <laughs> after the, you know, I just murdered my husband. Not that she would do that. But, you know, she's just like a badass. She's a badass. But she's know? able to change personalities, which is what <laughs> I think would make it easy for any designer to work with her as she goes through uh, stages or phases, I should say, of changing up her collection and changing up her look. But when you have... Uh, you know, being a stylist and styling people, when you have someone that's a little bit more demanding and not open-minded to what you want to put on them and what you want to style them with, it makes it difficult. It would be the same thing as a designer well, to design what? something for, you know, Miley would put anything on right now. So uh, would Rihanna. But the other celebrities are more conservative to their look. Well, so and I think I learned that the hard way. Actually, not really the hard way, but I learned that. Originally, I was like, okay, i got to get my collection out to every celebrity out there ever, marketing now. And then I realized, no, I don't, because that makes absolutely zero sense. I need to get it to the celebrities whose aesthetic gears on edgy, mm-hmm. gears on transparent. Otherwise, it makes no sense why square peg, round hole it up, you know? Right. Well, and I think Rihanna is just an excellent pick for that collection because you know she not only is she a badass but she's feminine too you know and so like I feel like that sensualness of your collection thank you yeah and again she's not going to be walking around like a classic 1950s you know Lan Van dress that's not right. Rihanna she's not mm-hmm. open to any style by any means right. but she is because she's more open to risks that does open her up to more designers for sure right and, uh, you know, coming up, I love tech fashion. Um, I'm super excited. I've got all sorts of things going on I can't disclose yet. But um, I really do love where fashion and technology combine. That's a passion of mine that I'm really excited to uh, do stuff with soon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us. And, you know, just getting to know a little bit about you because, you know, on Project Runway, we see this completely other <laughs> Natalia that, like, I would have never imagined that you did this. And it is just beautiful. So. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, again, I'm thank you so much to Project Runway because they forced me to kind of come out of my little eight-year cocoon of hiding and start really realizing that if I want to take this seriously and if I want to do it, I have to get all my sewing skills back and everything else, too. Well, I wouldn't consider it hiding, because I did find you on Coco Perez. Like, you were... No, 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 I wasn't under a rock. I just mean, it was, you know... Oh, out of the design. Yeah, as okay. far as sewing is concerned and things like that. Because on Coco Perez, and I love Coco Perez, by the way, it was like a DIY show. It was like, turn your hosiery into a headband. Woo! You but know? it was so cute. I loved it. I loved it, because it had such personality. Thank you. Uh, uh, one last question. Yeah. Will you be going into jewelry by any chance? I actually, yes, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, tell us really quick where we can find you. NataliaFedner.com and at Twitter me. Twitter me. I'm getting so good at Twitter, people. I'm like, <laughs> nice. I'm like acting like my sisters who are 21. It's awesome. <laughs> at Natalia Fedner. Okay. And Emma, where can we find you? You guys can find me on GQJedi.com, also on Twitter and Instagram at RealEmmaK. All right, and you guys can find me at Virginia Reina on Twitter and Instagram. And that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Just keep the combo going. You can, um, you know, look us up on YouTube or iTunes. And that's about it. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.